It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down I was born. Hello and welcome back to another episode of American Loser, guys. It is uh, the, the last of the free episodes for the month of uh, June. Uh, still have time if you want to sign up real quick for the uh, the end of the month uh, Patreon episode, which is going to be uh, Senator Joe McCarthy. Good topic on that one. For just $5 a month, you can go ahead and uh, get the bonus episode. Otherwise, enjoy these episodes for free on Tuesday. It is American Loser, the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place. I'm your host, KP Burke. With me, as always, my Delph of a father. Hey, there we go. Or whatever it is, here we are in beautiful downtown Eatontown, New Jersey. That's right, a, a shared, shared universe. universe. <laughs> <laughs> Which means who's behind the ones and twos? None other than the big Kahuna. How are you, pal? I'm good, man. How you doing? I walked in. You looked depressed today. I was upset. Yeah, my uh, my car AC decided to go fuck itself. So Jesus, not a good day. Yeah, for no way. Half hour drive here was not fun. I walked out of here looking like I just came from a water park. That's. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we have a, a returning guest real quickly, and then also a guest who I've been meaning to have onto the show for a while, and he's here now. So returning guest, uh, Young Master Zapsik. Hi. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm doing all right. We didn't scare you off last time? You're here to hang out now? No, I, I love the podcast. I like it. No, he's... he doesn't. Afterwards, he was like, this podcast sucks. <laughs> That's good. You told me this was the hot chicks from Red Bank. Multiple. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to uh, welcome back to the show, Ann. Uh, we had a great topic today, so we're not going to waste too, too much time. I'm excited to mention uh, our guest this week, one of my oldest friends in comedy, a guy who's been extremely good to me. Guys brought me on the road with him with a bunch of gigs. Uh, a guy Is he just... one of your best friends? No, no. Mortal enemy. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, would you ever have anyone other than your best friends on the show? Think about about that i have people that ask me and i'm like dude i don't think you're a good fit i don't know you know and then you're trying to be that weird guy or anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this guy's a no-brainer man uh a, a great pal of mine a great comic too uh you guys may have seen him uh, opening up for the impractical jokers all across this entire country all right and i know q is a weird extension of this place because he does uh, his yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. here too <laughs> but uh welcome into the studio my pal chris johnston guys Ooh, hey guys it's excited <laughs> What's chris, going on? Wait, wait for the round of applause to stop, that's right. Chris. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel, that's your cue. Live studio <laughs> audience. <laughs> nice. yeah, it's great to be here. KP's one of my BFFs in See? comedy. We love each other. You got matching necklaces and everything? We do. We we got, matching we, we, oh my, if I wore a black t-shirt today, we, I would have stolen his outfit. He's got completely. a little piece of rice with my name on it. And <laughs> with some of my blood. And we, uh... <laughs> uh, dude, well, I'm glad you made it in for this yeah. one, man. What Off the top of your head, like... Uh, yeah, you because know, my, my father, we use him as uh, as both a uh, uh, historian with a, with a good radio voice, um, Great mustache too, and uh, it's a solid <laughs> yeah. mustache. And uh, and let's also be honest, um, you're also sometimes a first hand source for some of this info we cover on this show. Well, yeah, this this guy, I think you might have heard of before, but did you know? Because we told you the topic ahead of time, and I know that uh, I know that Dan and Kahuna are not privy to it just yet. Yeah, but but did you know the guy's name when we sent it to I've, you? I was familiar with the name. I had to do a little more. Uh, just it was real quick. You just Google it and you dig, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah I would that guy. Whoops, this is why he's a loser. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited, dude. Uh, when, when you know something, hop in, whatever. Mm -hmm. We're going to tell a, a very bizarre story this week. Um, 
there's a certain guy out there, right? He's got a, a Coon, if you came up with a villain name, and I'm I'm very excited for your casting couch on this, <laughs> by the way, too, already. Um, but uh, the gentleman's name today is, uh, it's going to stand out a little bit, but this episode's going to be called The Nazis of NASA. The Nazis of NASA? That's right. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I think I know who you're going to say. There's one that stands out. For sure, but there's a, there's a lot of weird stuff going on over there. Don't okay. be eyeballing my notes now. No, I'm not eyeballing your notes. <laughs> That's it. Well, I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm going to ask Daniel right away here. Actually, uh, Dan, now um, off the top of your head, when you think about like the space program, NASA, and shit like that, what what do you picture? Do you do you have like an image that pops in your mind? I guess that one, like a the moon launch. Okay, the moon launch. Absolutely, that's going to come into play here for sure. Uh, but that's also going to have the rockets going up, shit like that. Like, what do you remember? Because, like, Chris, as a kid, when you were learning about this shit, what did they teach you in school? Um, I mean, you just go through the whole. I, we, I was in school when that one, the one of them, which one was the one that blew up? So uh, that was a big thing. That, that kind of challenger. challenger, the challenger blew up, and that was we, we kind of like walked, like watched in class, right? And then went back and like you know did, did a lot of the research. I, I forget how old I was uh, was I was younger, but. Obviously, they talk about, you know, one step for a man, one, one giant leap for mankind. Good old is, Neil Armstrong, yeah. baby. Well, it's uh, it, that's interesting. I also, I picture a dickhead teacher of yours sitting there saying, like, just because Krista McAuliffe died doesn't mean that we're not having a test tomorrow. Make sure you study. But there's uh, there's some nut, uh, crazy stuff. You always think, because I'm bored by the space program for the most part, because I don't have my father's love of uh, aeronautics, if yeah. you will. I don't have all this. Uh, so we're, we're skimming over this. And then you start finding this weird shit, dude. This is insane. In NASA uh, in particular. In, well, yeah. that's uh, For a while, that was the only game in town. Um, so Apollo 11. like the American saying, game in town. Well, yeah, you'd hope, the, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the crew of Apollo 11 is legendary, by the way. You have uh, Neil Armstrong, Jersey's own Buzz Aldrin, mm-hmm. Michael Collins, and Christian Cordes. Those were the four that uh, took part in the Apollo 11 mission. That's a little inside baseball for some people there. That's I want to pick your draw off the bed. <laughs> I remember but, that fourth guy, but anyway. Oh, no, he was, he was very important. Um, okay, okay. So uh, he got everyone sandwiches ready while they were out of the <laughs> You want he, the crust or no? He was the sound engineer. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, those boys are heading to the moon and they give us that unbelievable images, shit like that. You know, I mean, all the stuff you learn in school, whenever they put that on, they always show the rockets going up or like Chris was saying, Neil Armstrong, you know, landing, you know, stepping foot on the moon, which that's a whole nother episode if you really want to talk about it. But uh, then you got this weird image. Uh, Does this one pop into your head, Chris, about the guys in the control room? Yeah, yeah. You see all the white shirts and the mm-hmm. uh, the black ties and the yep. the glasses. Everybody had poor vision with NASA, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right. They all look yeah. exactly the same. All look like yeah. They all look like Just Michael like Douglas Tom and Hanks falling down. Them, yeah, right. Yeah, it's army <laughs> issue glasses. Yeah. A lot of cigarette <laughs> smoke in those rooms too. Uh, so pocket protectors, uh, big thick glasses, like Chris is saying, uh, they, they all have a look to them. All the guys that got laid. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, these dudes are slapping hands. They're yeah. excited. They literally just pulled off the craziest yeah. engineering feat ever. And then there's a couple of weird names in there in some of these photos, dude. Some uh, some weird things like uh, you're Chris Johnston, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, I'm KP Burke, you know. Uh, the Kahuna is the Kahuna. We got some some you know interesting names here. But there's one name that would pop out: uh, Werner von Braun. Werner. Yeah. Werner. Werner. Werner von Braun. However you want to say it. Uh, and if you look at just what he did over at NASA, he should be. Nothing short of an American hero. Mm-hmm. But as uh, the show is aptly titled American Loser, we're about to discover this guy has a little bit of a dark past, Cahoons. Um, we have covered the uh, the Germans and their wild love of uh, rocketry and aeronautics in the past. Uh, LP, I think you, you dived head in on our 
Hindenburg episode. Yeah, not too far from here, we had the Hindenburg disaster. So from where we're sitting right now. Jersey's the center of the universe. Man. Is, I'm yeah. convinced of it. Absolutely. But a, uh, a young Werner von Braun starts with his birth in 1912. Where were you in 1912, Chris Johnston? Uh, I don't know. You just got off the Titanic. Just got off the Titanic, yeah. <laughs> just, just sitting on that door. And Chris is Irish, too, so he was shoveling coal. But the the Someone tried to kick you off the door. You were like, bitch, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, young Werner was uh, technically... Here's a weird thing. We've talked about this before, but Germany is around this time frame in 1912. So the, the world world is essentially at war or uh, heading that way. And... Uh, Germany's a relatively new country. It doesn't fully exist yet. It's provinces. It's all. It's coming under unification here. And one thing that they did uh, was to try to get away from a monarchy is to try to go towards like a democracy or a republic, if you will. They uh, decided that they're no longer going to have uh, uh, like monarchical titles. Is that what? A, is that the right word, Dad? Yeah, okay. So uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Werner. We'll go with that. You're the language being, arts major, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I was, but it was at Brookdale. So. <laughs> um, they took it defunded. It's, yeah, probably. If I mean, long time coming, if you ask me. Uh, but Werner von Braun is born to an aristocratic family in Prussia. Technically, he's a baron. Imagine you're born a baron and they're like, oh, by the way, you're allowed to still say you're a baron, but you don't have any power anymore. That's kind of a shitty thing. It's like being a headliner because they ticketed the room. Yeah. <laughs> you sold out. It yeah. was all you're going last. You know, headliner, you're going last. <laughs> Two people after you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he was born into... Uh, this uh, this family with titles and stuff like that, so they can't have the title anymore. That gets banned, right? Um, but you're still allowed to use it on paper. It's a nice little resume booster. And uh, when your father works as the minister of the interior for the Weimar Republic, uh, you probably didn't have the von Bra the von Braun family wondering what you know are we going to be able to afford Christmas this year? I don't know, guys. What's what? Can we have pizza on Friday still? I don't know. What yeah, yeah. Do. The one night out. Yeah. So they're doing pretty good, man. Um, but what do you know, uh, th there was a certain gift, Dad. Did you get to that, of what uh, Werner was given at age 15 that kind of changed his yeah, life? Yeah, as a, as a teenager, he was given a, a telescope, and he uh, he became, like, just fascinated with uh, the heavens, you know, the stars, astronomy, that whole thing. But uh, I think that was really the, uh, <laughs> the launch of his uh, <laughs> love of space to be able to leave this Earth and uh, get up into the into space did you have a gift at age 15 chris that you were given that that maybe changed your life aside from the pam and tommy video yeah i had a special gift <laughs> my socks didn't appreciate it but i did uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's uh yeah maybe we can use it as an epoxy and hang stuff on the yeah, walls yeah. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> sorry sunquist family um but uh so yeah he gets this telescope as a young kid and he's going to move on. He's getting obsessed with space and shit like that. And uh, good old Werner is uh, he's a smart kid, too, by the way, maybe too smart for his own good. Mm -hmm. um, you've got some good stories about your your reckless youth, Chris. Um, <laughs> we, we won't mention the name of maybe yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. an organization you were a part of. Yeah. And you shouldn't have been. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's been expunged from his record. Exactly. So it's yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> there'll be awesome. some expunging going on down the road. <laughs> yeah, right. so expunging is the perfect term for this episode, yeah. too, by the way. Jeez. Right. Because when it gets dark, it gets dark fast, man. Um, at age 12, he's a little bit of a reckless kid, um, but he's it, it's done in an innocent way. He actually detonates uh, fireworks attached to a toy wagon trying to break a speed record. So he's trying to make his own speed racer sitting out there. And uh, he winds up setting the thing off on a crowded street in Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, he winds up getting arrested at age 12. So it's, uh, hi, I'm Werner von Braun. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
He gets arrested. And uh, kids like Werner are the reason why MacGyver had uh, one step removed from every experiment on yeah. the show. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be dead. So now, wait, is Werner like the Steve-O? Is he more like the Johnny Knoxville? I'm going to call him uh, uh, a Knoxville because he's got a vision. Okay, right? okay. He's just not out there to hurt himself. Yeah, it's okay. Not, yeah, it's just, not on heroin at that point either. <laughs> I was, couldn't quite see where possibly could go wrong with putting you know, a rocket on a fireworks rocket on the back of a toy wagon and shooting it down a crowded street. I mean, I mean you got to learn. Possibly could go wrong. Got to learn somehow. It, it was, I mean, there's a couple of scouting trips, uh, you know, that, that we did some definite dumb shit out in the woods. So I'll yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> some of them my father found out about. He was the scoutmaster. Others, uh, others. Still we, a mystery. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> right. Once they figure out that that one kid's just not still hiking. <laughs> <laughs> it's been out there a long time. It's a, <laughs> I'm gonna make sure he's okay. Well, uh, Werner's a—he's—he is a privileged kid to a degree. He's got a lot of money growing up, but he's also smart as hell. He takes on some of the most challenging topics in school. And let me tell you, as a writing major, when you major in creative writing, where you technically can't be wrong, <laughs> um, this guy took all the topics where you can be wrong. He studied uh, physics, chemistry, and astronomy. Daniel, does that sound like any fun whatsoever? No. <laughs> and this guy's Just straightforward. Yeah. No. yeah. No. That's a big no. Yeah, I mean, he was smart at the stuff that he wanted to be smart at, but he wasn't quite the uh, the brilliant student with stuff that didn't interest him. Uh, kind of a lot like a a certain podcaster that I know that uh, if it was <laughs> if he was interested, he was going to do very well for you. But uh, if he's not so much interested, uh, you had to take it because you had to take it. Uh, this sucks. It's uh, it's true. I am dumb. I once um, I once was burning my fingers on a uh, a hot wing. Right, that it, it was too hot temperature-wise, and uh, I thought, oh, I better put it in my mouth. <laughs> so yeah, I just I started spreading the burn. That was me. I sat there and I, I realized that that's that's not how this works. History yeah, and right. dick jokes, I'm pretty good with. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I gotta figure out how to eat a hot wing. <laughs> well, yeah, he, uh, he does find a book though that changes his life, and uh, you know, Chris, I'm sure there were there are many books and magazines that changed your life yeah. around this age, but. Uh, <laughs> in 1912 was playboy around yet yeah uh, i don't think so well uh, uh different kinds of playboy back then yeah. um yeah, it was it was called ankle watchers ankle watch. <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> solid joke coons i like that, that. Yeah. Uh, he uh, gets his hands on a book by a dude by the name of uh herman oberth which uh it translated into english um from the german is uh by rocket into planetary space mm. okay what a title yeah mm -hmm. uh which uh, supposedly changed his life uh, that's a catcher, though. I mean, that's that's a catchy title. It, by Rocket became a bestseller. Was it again? By Rocket? Yeah. By, Rocket. Uh, here we go. By Rocket into planetary space. Into planetary space. Yeah. It's a coffee table yeah, book, yeah. really. You know, um, Light read. <laughs> <laughs> Especially at the time when nothing has gone there yet. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's how crazy it is with the German culture that they were obsessed with this. And we're going to realize that all it takes is uh, for someone to that's almost like the the rule of law for what's what amazing new thing are we going to create that we can then use to fight each other with yeah you know so it, it gets um it gets pretty interesting pretty yeah, and, quickly. and to put it into the timeline now too i mean we're we're barely able to get off the ground in an airplane and then this guy's talking about taking a rocket to another planet so <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, spin, it's a jump the right brothers it's there a, yeah it's a bit of a jump there yeah the right right exactly too because we also covered um uh, in the Hindenburg episode, we were talking about that it was the Germans that had these crazy ideas with balloons, mm. right? And then we were even using balloons uh, for balloon warfare in the Civil War. That you go up high in the balloon 
And then uh, you can get an idea of where the troops are coming from, yeah. which is a great idea until the troops go, what's that giant fucking red thing up there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm shoot a bird! Out? I'm a bird! Chop, <laughs> <laughs> chop! Well, he gets his hand on this book and he goes nuts. He goes full on into uh, a doctorate in physics while also working on rocket tests with a guy by the name of, uh, is it Wiley or Wiley, Willie Lee Dad? How do you want to pronounce that guy's name? I'll go with Wiley. Well, we'll call him Wiley, and he winds up, this is how you know you're famous, he has a crater on the moon named after him. Mm -hmm. Can we just call him Wiley Coyote for the rest of the episode? Yeah. I like this. Well, That's probably where it came from. He did a lot of uh, rocket tests, and also he was big on uh, dropping anvils. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only. <laughs> That's just to test gravity, though. Yeah, he was a safe cracker. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we still got it. Gravity. It's okay. We're still going down. All right. Just checking. Half the battle there, man. Right. Um, now, the author of this book, um, the book who changed his life is also, like we said, Herman Oberth. He winds up working, doing some tests in conjunction with his favorite author. So, Kahuna, imagine, let's say you have a, a certain independent filmmaker you greatly admire from New Jersey, who this may or may not be a grandchild of one of his ideas. And let's say that you and him are working on a major motion picture together now. Mm -hmm. You'd be pretty happy with yourself, wouldn't you? Psyched. See? Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, still a distinct possibility, I think, for all Cahoon's. Fun but, fact, he texted me the other day. That's awesome. That's a whole other story. I'll tell you later. That's Oh, man. Cahoon is like, uh, by the way, people think that you sing our theme song, by the way. I just have to say. Are that. you serious? Yeah, I've, I've gotten, people really think that? Yeah, people thought that they're like, oh, he's got such a good voice on the, the theme song. Like, <laughs> one of his, one of the few things he's not doing for the show. <laughs> But uh, yeah, if I ever worked with a guy whose book changed my life uh, that I read, it would probably be the uh, the complete idiot's guide to the Crusades. <laughs> that was the book that changed my life. But, I was going to uh, say, I thought it'd be the dictionary. Well, it, that's interesting too. <laughs> Me hanging out with old Miriam Webster. Uh, <laughs> but here's the weirdest part. So around this time frame, Dad, because give us the zeitgeist, if you will. What's going on? Is there a particular global conflict that's supposed to end all conflicts or something? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, things are starting to heat up in. Uh, in Europe, that's for sure. That um, you know, the Germans are getting full of themselves, and they're trying to make some make some noise. And there's a, a little thing going on called uh, the First World War that at that time was called the Great War because we weren't really putting and Roman numerals after our wars. One, yeah. just, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we figured that was going to be the war to end all wars, but man, eh, not so much. So the the treaty that ends the Great War is the Treaty of Versailles, and a lot of that there were so many uh, punitive measures put on Germany. Um, but one of the things that they missed out on, because they were talking about not having as much of a standing army, military funding, uh, restrictions, embargoes, all sorts of other shit. Germany really did get dirty dicked at the end of that war. Um, but it was just the, the, the loss of life in World War One is unbelievable when you look yeah, at it. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, an unbelievable war with the amount of people that were killed and everything else. And then um, the Allies, if you will, wanted to um, put down reprisals against Germany that there's no way that they're ever going to do this again. And they wanted to make them, make them pay. So, I mean, they were, they were busted. I mean, they were flat out busted at the end of the First World War. And the Versailles Treaty was not at all, uh, you know, let's be friends again. It's, was, it's an armistice, <laughs> but uh, it's like when you say, well, we're splitting, it's a divorce. Uh, I'm taking everything, but we're still friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good, that's Good point, though, Kevin, that it was an armistice. It wasn't really a, a surrender or, or an end of the war. It was it was really just, uh, all right, we're going to we're going to call a truce here. Mm -hmm. It was not really the end of the war. It was just an armistice. To stop it's just the, like both. Let's just chill for a second. Right, right, right. 
let's go to a, well, they did not a want timeout. To, yeah, they did not want to continue to, to keep going because it was going to everyone's going broke pretty much. And you have generations of, uh, you know, young men that are, are gone. Yeah, that's why right. that's why you had to have people coming back and, and knocking their wives up left and right. Yeah, that was just a population replenishment. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, they were they were wiped out both financially and um, the population. I mean, the, as you say, the whole generations were were void, wiped out. So there uh, and a lot of it, like you were saying, Dad, is to keep them from getting overly militaristic. Right. Because you're nervous about Germany. It's like that great Norm Macdonald joke. Mm-hmm. He goes, uh, you know, uh, you know, who Germany once picked as its opponent in a war. The uh, world. <laughs> and uh, it was close. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's fascinating because in the Treaty of Versailles, they leave out one thing because I guess the, the lawyers that are drawing everything up and the generals, they're not really thinking like, listen, this war, we rode in on horses to fight this war. And now there's Gatling guns and... Um, no, not Gatling guns. There were Gatling guns. guns. There were legit yeah. machine guns. Early tanks. We're dropping bombs. Question? Early tanks were created around this time frame. And they left out one thing, all right? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, Dan, we're going to give you a layup here. Werner von Braun created, uh, he, he went on to do a bunch of stuff with the spaceships. What is a space, what's another name for the... Rocket? The, the, <laughs> fucking A, Dan. Score. <laughs> 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 genius. genius. <laughs> so they leave out rocketry. So now that's a loophole. And what do we know about the Germans? These are hyper smart people, all right? They have that cool German Kultur, I think it was called, where they're, they have an appreciation of the arts and sciences. You know what I mean? That that's considered very valuable in their society. Yeah. Um, it's still there, too. They're, they're still making crazy. There's a reason why every truly great uh, handgun is uh, is German made. Glocks, Walthers, all that stuff, man. That's true. But uh, cars, too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, Mercedes, a bunch. I was gonna, indeed, sure. man. Um, now, not for uh, uh, not for nothing. That's be the only time I say that the entire episode, by the way. All right. But um, in this Treaty of Versailles, like I said, they move away from rocketry. So now they're allowed to start funding these programs. So, uh, Dad, I'm going to set you up here for uh, a layup in a second. Um, so Werner has this innocent childhood passion and this scholastic brilliance. Uh, and we already know that this guy's going to wind up helping us land on the moon. That was literally the opening sentence of this episode. <laughs> uh, so question is, Dad, where's the bad stuff? And is there anything going on in between the world wars? Perhaps a, a high-pitched voice guy with a passion for Hugo <laughs> Boss outfits. Yeah, really. Is he is he doing anything? Very stylish. Wait, very what's, stylish. What's Germany all about right well, now? There was a guy that was a veteran of the First World War that uh, was gassed during the war, and then he starts getting a little frisky in in Germany and blames uh, the hierarchy of uh, Germany for the surrender or the or the Versailles Treaty. That you know we're going through these disastrous times in Germany because you guys. Uh, uh, weaseled out of it, uh, and, and Uncle Adolf, Uncle Adolf Hitler, uh, starts <laughs> to come into come into power. You know, when people um, say they just want a president they could have a beer with, unfortunately, almost everyone was having a beer with Adolf because he was doing <laughs> these the beer hall pooch. I think it was right. called. <laughs> right. So he was. Uh, he would have been a, a decent comic, terrible yeah. leader, but yeah. maybe a decent comic. <laughs> well, f- factor into the times too that we now also have a world depression going on. So uh, everybody worldwide is really hurting but germany is like the bottom of the the bottom and there's nothing going on financially in germany and there's a lot of different factions there's socialists there's communists there's all kinds of you know political groups that are trying of all kinds of stuff trying to figure out how to make it yeah we're absolutely at the bottom here we got to try something to bring ourselves up out of this and there's a lot of different political uh 
theories or parties that are trying to spring up in Germany at the time because nothing's working. So we got to try something. Yeah, so, so at that point, when you're grasping for straws, right. you just anybody that's anything, some- anything <laughs> looks good. And, and Adolf Hitler is making some really great speeches, and he's he's you and know, he got ideas, right? And he's and he's also <laughs> blame. He's got somebody to blame it on as to why yeah. we're in such a disastrous. And, and you know, people have really started to gravitate towards him and some of his ideas and. Uh, you know, he, it's an easy sell when he's the only person producing tangible results. A lot of people felt the same way about FDR. That mm-hmm. they're like, this guy's a. There's people who are communists that are saying this guy's a, a goddamn capitalist, and there's capitalists saying this goddamn commie. But they're both saying, I don't know, it's kind of working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. The bread lines are shorter. Right. Well, you when you're in complete despair too, it's easy to just, just exactly. put everything else aside <laughs> and go. You know what? We just need something to pick us up, right. up at this point. Right. You know? yeah. Whatever we were doing ain't working. Ain't working so we got to try something here. <laughs> It, uh, but it's slowly working for him. And uh, this guy, it, here's the thing. This is, we always think about this. And a lot of people put a, a modern revisionist that like, well, if I was back then, I wouldn't be a part of that. You know, and you're like, no, you get slowly. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, the shit sandwich doesn't just appear. All right. You, you get this, the, things are being produced in front of you. And there's that great line from The Wire about if you eat the first shit sandwich, by the time you're done swallowing it, the second shit sandwich is on your plate. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're going to see that this is just how quickly shit gets out of hand over there. So um, rockets are immediately something the Nazi party, which is now taking control of the country, is heavily, heavily interested in. Yeah, well, I think before we the Nazis got interested into it, the, the German army, just the army itself. I mean, there still was a German army. It was just that they weren't allowed to um, develop anything because there was that Versailles Treaty thing that kind of forbade them to go into anything militaristic. So... Uh, but rocketry was left off the list. So, you know, if you've got a very, yeah, very <laughs> small list of what we are allowed to do, let, let's uh, see what, what we can do with yeah. this rocket thing. And again, the aviation is, you know, just proven itself uh, in the First World War that we now for the first time had a war in the skies as well. We had armies, we had navies, we also had, you know, guys up in the air shooting at one another and dropping bombs on one another so still screaming i'm a bird like chris was saying (laughs) 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 well uh they're very interested in it and uh there's these conflicting reports um when you start talking about stuff like this that uh um at first von braun is somewhere between an enthusiastic supporter and on paper supporter coerced into an agreement in order to keep his family and his work safe um a victim of the nazi party a rebel from within the nazi party and also a man potentially guilty of war crimes. So he has a complicated legacy that we're about to explore. Yeah, it all here. depends on who you want to uh, who you want to listen to. Oh yeah, and a lot um, of this is redacted. Some of it's declassified. Other stuff we're not sure about. And let me point out one thing to you here at the very end of this episode. Uh, once we've said everything, I want you just to remind the listeners of this. But a friend of the show, Andy Highroller, who was on uh, for um, our Bernays episode, he was driving around Alabama. And there's an observatory this week. He was down there, an observatory observatory named the uh, Von Braun Observatory in uh, Alabama. So this guy literally is we're about to explain card carrying member of the Nazi party. In the right? SS, yeah. But we're and, celebrating. Yep. Right. Well, again, but that's where complications start to come in, man. Oh, by the way, quick shout out to everybody who's just cracking open a history book for the first time. Let me go ahead and just quote Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> right? You're just learning that school didn't teach you anything. I've been fighting this fight since 2004. Get on my. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. man. 
But as we said, we're going to give this nuance. We're not going to give them any scapegoat things. We're going to say shit that we know to be fact. Uh, and, and again, there's more people. We actually have some really interesting. Uh, there's an author that reached out to me named David Warmflash, who's going to uh, wants to come on for an interview, and he knows like the deep secrets at NASA. Yeah. So this is going to be pretty wild. We figured we're like, listen, we can either have a qualified scholastic source who's written a book about it that's been published, or the guy who's on tour with the Impractical Jokers. And I got the first pick and this is really go. <laughs> just, just goes to show where your you priorities where, are. That's right. This, uh, dad, this, guy which way we went. this guy's brought me on the road. I needed to get take care of him. Chris, when, you know, when he comes back. You know, Chris. <laughs> this, this guy that writes books ain't going to bring me on the road to do shit. Uh, that's right. There's no there's no stages in bookstores. Chris said I'm a strong middle. <laughs> <laughs> I need to maybe give uh, gas money. <laughs> well, in, in a way, uh, <sighs> an attempt to keep my own career going is exactly what gets Werner in a little bit of trouble mm -hmm. down the road here. So check this one. Yeah, you got well, something. I was just going to say that, um, you know, as a young guy, now as a high school kid and then uh, his early collegiate days, uh, he's got this burning interest in, in space travel, in, in rocketry. Uh, more space than anything else, but it was his belief that it was going to be rockets that was going to be able to get him there. So that's the avenue that he took. And while he's investigating, doing all these kinds of things, he gets involved with this um, German rocketry club. You know, it's a civilian organization. It's very innocent, or it would appear to be very innocent, just a bunch of guys getting together to, to like to blow up shit. You know? <laughs> a bunch of guys showing up to rockets. Right. I mean, down, down, down. as we're coming around to the 4th of July, I mean, for every, every night you're going to be here, the, yeah. the maniacs in the neighborhoods. So now my limited off. research I did too, there was a German movie, like a sci-fi movie that was popular that had to do with rocketeering or rockets or something like that too at the time that uh, he he took a liking to, yeah. which was also like, I guess that was all the craze at the moment was German, rockets. Yeah. It might have been Malaya's is Fly Me to the Moon. or I, feel, like, I don't uh, know if that's the name of it, actually. Th but there's also one, too, that uh, the idea, uh, it, it's referenced in uh, the Smashing Pumpkins Tonight Tonight video. Uh, that there is the, a rocket ship that lands inside the moon, and then they get out, and there's people attacking them on the moon. Yeah. Is that the one where the the where the the rocket ship flies into the moon? That's yep. the first and then, film ever yeah. made. And then the umbrella yeah. that they go yeah. back down to uh, yeah. to Earth, and so German yeah. cinema was was through the roof again. That's that culture mm -hmm. that's going on over yeah. here. But I mean, there was a, a definite interest, not just with uh, von Braun, but with uh, a lot of people in this whole rocketry thing. And he belongs to this uh, rocketry club. And then the army uh, is taking interest in that, and they're they're investigating. They actually go to a couple of the launches, and um, it didn't take them very long. The army personnel didn't take them very long to realize that, hey, the real brainiac of this whole group is is uh, uh, Verna. He's a smart guy. And and by the way, here's here's how you want to slowly get introduced to something. So we hear Nazi, and we understand the end game, right? These guys don't understand the end game. This is just like a political party, right? At the time. And there's also a lot of chaos in the streets. And a lot of people initially didn't necessarily support the Nazi party, but it was the idea that they were fighting the communists who were doing like some anarchy shit out in the streets. A lot of, uh, you know, pipe bombs, stuff like that getting thrown around. Brawls out in the streets were very common. Hitler himself was jailed for one of these, by the way, too. But uh, anyway, uh, Werner is, uh, this is where it starts to get very interesting here. His past gets doctored up a little bit um, by U.S. Army intelligence later on. Um, so this is stuff that we know to be fact here, and we'll report that. We'll, we'll let people draw their own conclusions on some of this stuff. But uh, this much is for certain. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't matter how you look at him. 
there's no way around this. Werner hung out with some very, very, very bad people. <laughs> okay. Werner was awarded his doctorate in 1934 at a very prestigious school in Berlin. And the last year of Werner's school was paid for by a grant from the Nazi party. All right. So, Kahuna, if they want to send you to film school, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you want to go because you went to some sort of a school, right? Yeah. Okay. They want to send you to the state of the art premier program. What is it? Emerson College for an MFA or whatever. Something like some, full sale, anything. Yeah, anything like that. You want to go and there's this new political party that they're like, oh, all you got to do, if you join our party, we'll pay for school for you. Right. You'd probably sign up for it. You're like, there's no way. Hey, real quick. You guys aren't going to try to like exterminate an entire religion, are you? And like, no, no, no. Very, it, it's for film school. Film school. <laughs> but why are you focusing on that? Go make the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're going to see a lot of this too. Is that it's very clear uh, in here with uh, the you know as we cover the the Nazi history in Nazi Germany. That's not the entire German people here. This is again just a political part. The same way that uh, uh, you know. Not, I don't want to say the same way because I don't want to make too many shitty comparisons, but. There's a lot of people that have supporters in every country that they're not the majority. But if you're in power, then you can kind of present yourself as a majority. Yeah. I mean, it, at the same time, while he's in school and he's involved with this rocket club and everything else and the army is taking interest, that's when Hitler really starts to come into power. And I think it's right around this time where Hitler is um, makes himself chancellor of Germany. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, okay, Hitler yeah. pretty much takes over Germany the same way a 16-year-old takes over uh, the house on My Super Sweet 16. <laughs> so, I'm the chancellor! Yeah, so he, he Hitler takes over Germany, really. He's he's the large and in charge. And um, you know, there's also an interest now with Hitler's SS, which is an elite group um, that pledges themselves to uh, to Hitler type, of thing. and they're taking them now. They're the SS is not part of the army. They're like a separate faction themselves. So they're their their own private army, Hitler's yeah. private army type of a thing. And there's different branches within that, and they more offer, elite than the standard army, right? Yeah. Right. Well, at least that's what and they portrayed themselves yeah. as, right? Um, but they didn't. They weren't under direct control of the uh, army leadership, but they offer um, von Braun his final year for his doctorate degree in, in rocketry. So they're keeping close tabs on this guy. Obviously, he's got talents, and we want him in our camp, not yeah. anybody else's. It's like Ming looking at Dan Zapsik and saying, this is the future, okay? We have to invest <laughs> in the future now, right? Right, right. So Reel him in. Well, they got him hooked up. So they're going to, you know, again, the Nazi party is technically going to pay for the grant that takes care of this guy, gets him into school here. Um, and uh, according to Von Braun, who, by the way, did make a lot of public statements about this, because there's no way to hide everything he did. But there were ways to hide some of the shit that he may have been involved in. So uh, he said uh, that they all kind of thought of uh, Hitler as uh, an eccentric clown. But he is able to uh, acquire power and influence by being this anti-communist, like we said. And he's starting to see some economic turnaround after he's in power. So all of a sudden, things aren't quite as bad as they used to be. He's instilling a sense of nationalism. He's pulling at your heartstrings. This is the fatherland, you know, all that other stuff. And um, and even von Braun is saying early on, he goes, I was a, a not a flag waver, but he was definitely like uh, um, in support of what's going on here because it was he's a young man. He's idealistic. Uh, this party is also paying for school that's pretty cool of them you know you want to talk about a, a student loan repayment yeah. not with these yeah. guys it's paid for already baby so uh this was interesting to me here um 
he's working now, by the way, we think of this, we like to give a lot of the credit to the Germans for rocketry, but get a load of this real quickly. Uh, American physicist Robert Goddard, okay? Extremely important name. Um, German scientists had a friend relationship with him. He's an American. So this American physicist is getting, um, he's getting phone calls from Germany and it's them sitting there saying like, hey man, we just, we just want to talk a little. What are you, what are you working on? Anything cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just inquiries back yeah, yeah. and forth. And uh, <laughs> uh, Goddard is an American f physicist, like Kev said, and uh, you know, they're, they're sharing information back and forth. So it's, it's, it's all cool. And it's, this, is a, this is a worldwide quest. I mean, it wasn't just the Americans and the Germans working on rockets. There was a lot of people that were working on rockets. And, and keep in mind, where is a huge, huge German population in the North America area right now? Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, huge influence. There's still a huge German population in America to this day, right? Because you're, you're German Irish? No, nah, I'm Irish Polish. Irish Polish. Yeah. I'm sorry. That would explain so much more. That's um, why I was late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, the old man's German Irish. That's why I say that. And I'm adopted. That's why I'm just Irish. And that's why my eyes don't match up. Um, but... Uh, so it's interesting. They're making these phone calls. There is the, the culture. There's a friendly relationship between the states and uh, in Germany, it's even after World War, the Great War, if you will. There's no, we slayed the Hun. It's over. Like we can go back to Pisa. And then they're like, all right, this this Hugo Boss guy, you know, this fashionista in, in Berlin is getting a little weird. But whatever. I mean, you know, the idea that they said about Mussolini while well, the trains ran on time. Right. 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 Was, he's like, well, he's making things happen. Well, right. that's the thing, too, right. is people have. To, I mean, in, in telling the story now, obviously, you could feel your biases check in mm -hmm. knowing the outcome playing Monday morning quarterback. But like to really put yourself into perspective, you have to erase everything from this moment on of where there's just learning about, exactly. you know, to really <laughs> right. understand where they're coming from. Right. It's, it's easy to play. It's uh, easy to let, history. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Back then, too. I mean, this guy was was taking Germany out of the uh, out of their depression. Out of the depression. And he's he's preaching uh, nationalistic pride, which everybody was was uh, all about. And you know, you're not to blame. It wasn't Germany's fault that you lost. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the German soldiers' fault reason that they that they lost the First World War. It was because of their leadership. Yeah, and propaganda their, that other countries right. were. So in, they're, they're, they're beating yeah, the it's, propaganda. It's revisionist, drum. revisionist history that we're, we're dealing with now, too. So it, there's so many weird parallels to this. There's too. a lot of Americans that are looking favorably to what's going on in Germany at the time. I mean, Lindbergh. They're very progressive. They're, yeah. they're soft. They're, it's not the same Germans we killed, right? <laughs> right. They got they're better guy. Germans. Yeah, they got <laughs> this, this new, new mustache, guy man. Keeps throwing his, <laughs> flailing his arm up. He looks yeah. like Chaplin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, that'd be great, by the way, if they had SNL back then, that Charlie Chaplin will be playing Hitler uh -huh. on SNL on Weekend Update every week. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, your casting couch is going to be a good one at the end here, brother. But oh, man. I'm going to keep this bad boy. What, what do you got? Oh, no. This photo of, of Werner and hang Walt on, Disney. Hang on. Oh, uh, 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 God damn it, Kahuna. I didn't say it. Don't you go giving nothing away. I'm Cash not giving nothing. Room, We're getting there. We're getting there. You're a couple of years ahead of us there. On There's a theory. It, it popped up with photos, man. Oh, yeah. no, it wasn't right. like I was digging for info. I'm All looking right. at these cool-ass photos of the dude. That was one of those moments when we were doing our research where we said, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> so, um, so at this time when Goddard and Werner or, or, or they're, they're all chatting too. Like rockets are kind of a pipe dream. It's like nobody, people don't take it real. It's not reality yet. It's never really happened. Yeah, I mean, people it don't look at anything like it that. It wasn't too many years point. before that people yeah. were saying that we can't uh, fly. Yeah, people cannot fly. Yeah. You know, it, we were not destined to be up in the air, and here we are. Yeah. You know, just fought a war with uh, with the biplanes uh, shooting and Snoopy fighting on top of his doghouse fighting <laughs> the Red Baron. Yeah. Right? So I mean, all that stuff's going on. You but, know what's uh, coming now, LP. We got to throw to you. He's hanging. He's hanging out with some 
with some bad people, though, that will later prove to be bad. But right now, hey, these guys are paying for my college education, and uh, you know they're they can't all be about, all that bad. Yeah, so, they're all about example, uh, developing rocketry, and that's so, what he was all about. I just want to tell Dan real quick too, Dan, just so you to give an idea here. Like right now, you just know him as you know. We'll call him the Kahuna because we're not giving his his real name away. But you know him right now as just the Kahuna. Fifteen years from now, you're going to be like, listen, I know he was the Golden State Killer, but he was a very <laughs> nice guy. He never did anything wrong well, to me. That's the thing I'm saying is there weren't like pockets and pockets of rocket people that you were like, ah, if these guys seem wrong, I'm going to go hang out with right. this other group of rocket men. Right. Who do you like, want to hang when you're on a road gig, Chris? Who do you want to hang out with? Other comics usually, yeah, right? Yeah. Because you know they're not going to be goofy or say something stupid. Well, you don't seem very funny. Yeah, you're not going to be on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these guys are wanting to talk to other rocket guys and they wind up coming up with an idea and we're going to use a parallel to comedy for a second where um, you wrote a joke. You, you, you call me up one night and you're just like, hey, here's a bit I'm working on. And then I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. And then all of a sudden I tweet out your joke. Yeah. Right. We would consider that me definitely taking your idea. Yeah, but you deleted the tweet already. So. A, well, as soon as you called me, I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was a Pornhub joke. Um, but uh it, w it was interesting, so we're going to use that example for a second here. L LP, you know what I'm about to throw to uh, you here for, that uh, because guess. of his conversations with Goddard, Werner's able to develop what later becomes known as the aggregate rocket, later known as the V2 rocket. In a, in As simply as possible, what is a V2 rocket, Lawrence Patrick? V2 rocket is basically a rocket with a uh, uh, an over a, a ton pound warhead that had a range of about 200 miles so um, a little bit more effective than dropping dynamite out of a biplane right right dropping <laughs> dropping hand grenades over the side of your biplane um you know the germans were uh technically advanced with a lot of different things rocketry being one of them um aeronautics i mean the, their air force was far superior to anything that the rest of the world had at the at the outbreak of the second world war uh, as a matter of fact Lindbergh our famous, another loser reception, Lindbergh went over to Germany be prior to the Second World War, prior to hostilities, and was checking out their air force and saying, when he got back home, he said, hey, we, we better start playing some catch up here because yeah. these guys are far and away ahead of us. Um, so, you know, the whole Nazi thing early on before they invaded Poland, uh, you know, a lot of people were looking at, well, at least they're, they're turning this country around and they're getting their, getting their act together. But the V-2 rocket, um, the V stands for vengeance weapon. Um, I can't, my German fails me. I mean, I, I had to go to summer school for German one in <laughs> high school, so I'm not the, the German speaker. But uh, the V part of that is uh, translated to a vengeance weapon, that this thing was going to be able um, to fly basically from Europe and fly over and hit London if they if they wanted to, um, that uh, it's forty six feet long. So this isn't some little toy toy rocket kind of a thing. Nope. Like uh, the first missiles. Forty six feet yes. long. It's, that's uh, exactly what it is, by the way. Right, and it, it was really the the first um, uh, ballistic missile, is what it amounted to. Now there was also. A counterpart to that called the V-1. Now, the V-1 was basically a jet engine on a bomb. So you were just uh, flying that over. And it's interesting, at least I found it interesting, that the German Air Force is the one who develops the V-1 as a jet engine. So uh, you know, the Germans having a jet aircraft before anybody else did, again, they're, they're uh, technically advanced here. The V-2 is a liquid-fueled rocket. Um, which is important in, in its development. 
uh, as I said, it became the first ballistic missile, had uh, a 2,200-pound warhead. That's that's a pretty good-sized bomb. That's a big bomb. And then, um, uh, and you can fly. It had a range of about 200 miles. So I, I believe it's what the French would call a big fucking deal. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean. And, and if it's, it's the first one that was able to break out into outer space and then come back down come back and down. break the sound barrier. Right. Yeah, and you're yeah, Another point great too. point. Uh, the speed of this thing, it's flying at thirty five hundred miles per hour. So, so I mean, hit you before you can hear you're it. Not, you're, <laughs> you're not going to have anything uh, that's going to intercept yeah. that, um, or even to be able to shoot at it to shoot it down before it, it uh, blows some of some. And of this your is kind of up. the model that Goddard had. He just kind of built upon and improved upon with speed and. Oh, and it gets scary in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, during World War Two. Uh, imagine the sense of rage, depression, and shock. Like we were just talking about the joke yeah. thing with you and me, you know. Um, that uh, and by the way, that that's really happened to some other comics out there. We won't say who, but yeah, yeah. you and me both know some people, uh, uh, you know, that, that have come that literally just lift word for word other people's bits. Yes. Um, but uh, imagine the rage going through Goddard's mind when he is studying part of a rocket missile that has been used to attack Allied forces. They had to work out a whole deal where. Uh, the Americans are going to give the British some sort of a, a military uh, uh, military equipment in exchange for them letting uh, the Americans, specifically Goddard, at a Navy lab when he was working for the Department of the Navy, uh, to study um, one of these rockets that was being used against them. And uh, Goddard sitting there goes, this shit looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because Werner has to imagine this now, Dan, you come up with something beautiful, right? You've created this is your, your dream project. And this guy is now not only taken it, made it turned it into a weapon to use against other people, uh, but you also didn't get any credit for it. So you'd be a little angry. And use right? it against allied force. That'd be like right, me, use it yeah. against you your taking, own people. Me right. trying to bid out on you, you take it and then roast my family with that joke. <laughs> 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 or I do it on a show opening for you before you and everyone yeah, thinks yeah. you stole from me. <laughs> and then uh, I'm not watching you, so I come out of the green room and do it again. <laughs> so, it doesn't do as well. Poor Goddard is, uh, is you know, he's getting it left and right here on this one. Um, he has a uh, Goddard and Werner actually both dreamed of using this technology to go to the moon. A young von Braun once told an instructor is he goes, you know, I plan on going to the moon one day. And they were like, that's entirely possible if you keep studying this shit. So this rocket community is kind of a close knit community. And now these guys, their sense of nationalism, von Braun saying like, yeah, I did steal his idea. I mean, uh, I, I took some stuff from him. I did my own stuff, too. And you know what? I don't have any regrets because uh, I mean, this was for this was my patriotic duty to give Germany these missiles. So he's he's very he's almost lawyerly with the way that he approaches mm -hmm. these yeah, things. Plus, also the fact that uh, you know somebody puts a gun to your head and say you will yeah. make a, a rocket. Now I want to go to space. No, you're going to make a rocket. Well, yeah. I think maybe I'm going to make a rocket today. Then. Well, there's that that you great know. line too because von Braun always portrays himself as uh, as just well. Back then, I was just a scientist working on rockets. And so the joke was uh, somebody said like, oh, yeah, he was aiming for the stars and then just sometimes hit London. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there was yeah. there's some good yeah, lines. I say rocket. Him. It's really uh, a weapon. You know, Missile. Right? <laughs> Here's the uh, the key thing. If you want to talk, you want to work rockets. OK, there's no as Chris pointed out, there's no other game in town. The Nazis are now running everything here. OK. And again, this is not final full on final solution. 1950s uh, idea of the Nazis. This is. Hey, these guys are saying, uh, you know, hey, it would be advantageous of you to become a documented official member of our group. Why don't you, you know, why don't you send your dues in, 
literally like mm -hmm. you know almost like you know uh, uh trying to be a member of like the friars club or something yeah. like that <laughs> uh that in 1937 uh Werner becomes uh, a documented official card carrying member of the Nazi party now he's also i think 25 years old and it, uh as a tech he's a technical director for a rocket laboratory which at that young age is like unheard of yeah he's so, a young guy He's like got a Tony Stark thing going on to him where he's just hyper brilliant, right? Okay. Um, now, he later claims, albeit his story probably got some of the American uh, Army Intel people involved to change it, goes uh, as follows. It was necessary for him to join the party in order to not abandon his life's work that he worked with the Nazis and officially joined their party in 1937. Dates are important here. All right. It started out as enthusiastic patriotism. Uh, Germany is experiencing an economic renaissance at the times. A recovery seems to be the order of the day, and people are still mocking Hitler and his Charlie Chaplin mustache. Life, uh, an exact quote from von Braun, by the way, is, you know, I actually did pretty good under totalitarianism. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it didn't, I mean, it wasn't ideal, yeah, life but it was wasn't working, tough, you know? Right. But like, so. think I was making rockets, like it was great. Well, his work is, he's almost left alone on this one. It's like, as long as you make the rockets that go boom, boom, you can also make the rockets that go up, up, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, now, early on, Werner claims that his involvement is non-political and personally non-violent. More emphasis on that later. Pays his dues, holds an officer's uh, title in the rank. Now, that's not like he wasn't an officer because he was really great at what he did with them. It was just like, this guy's got a doctorate. You know, he can't, he's not going to be an enlisted. Mm -hmm. It's an honorary, uh, yeah. it's an honorary uh, award type of a thing. Right. And this dude spent most of his time working on rockets. And when he wasn't working on rockets, he was chasing skirts, man. He was commonly seen with two women at the same time everywhere he went. <laughs> so that's it's Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony yep. Stark. He's got his pepper pots and the, uh, the, the blonde reporter yeah, at the yeah. same time. <laughs> Um, but he's a ladies' man, uh, and his participation in the Nazi party and his affiliation with these unsavory characters, unfortunately, only gets worse. LP, you know some of the other dirt on him, um, so jump in when you're ready. But uh, Werner claims to quietly have thought Hitler was a bit of a jerk, all right? But he did use the party affiliation to get things going, you know what I mean? Where it's like it, you and me, Chris, have worked some road gigs where someone in the crowd afterwards comes up and says something completely fucked up to us. Yeah. And you're just like... He hasn't paid me yet, yeah. so I'm going to just bite my lip until he pays me, and then I'll be like, I don't think I want to play this podunk ass town anymore. <laughs> until until a until club next, until six months from now when we get booked again and you get paid again. <laughs> That's right. Money talks, yeah. and uh, I'll take the walk. It's the truth, man. Um, what do you got, LP? Well, and I was just going to say that uh, you know he's this bright young uh, brainiac that's developing this stuff. Um, What's, what's bizarre about this whole thing in Germany is that you have the German army that's really pushing for him to develop this rocketry stuff into a, into a weapon. And anything that the army is interested in, Hitler's got his own uh, subgroup, if you will, that's really not part of the army. They're not under direct army control. That's the SS. Now, the SS, they're... Their, their complete own separate identity. And there was different factions within the SS that there was um, like a general membership SS, the uh, Algemeine, and then there's the Waffen SS, which is the combat badass troops of, uh, of uh, the SS. That those were really, their start 
was when Hitler started coming up through uh, through his political career. So there was the Waffen SS they and were the, the Schicken SS, correct? <laughs> Schicken and Waffens? Schicken and Waffen. <laughs> Just for you, Kahuna. Just for you. All right. But, um, you know, while he's working on this whole rocketry thing, uh, developing this up for the Army, the SS has taken a very big interest on, hey, what, why is the Army so interested in this rocketry thing? We want to be. Whatever they're interested in, we want to be yeah. interested in, and we want, we want it even more. And then uh, while he's working on this, and everybody should scare to the SS, that, that part of the Gestapo and everything else, I mean, they, they played by their own rules. There was no, no other other than their game. Kahuna, picture the villain, the main villain in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the guy who winds up getting the medallion burned into his hand. Mm -hmm. If you accept them as the SS, you're not too far off. Okay. So these are the guys, these are the true believers, if you will. Yeah, these are right? these are the diehards who have sworn their allegiance to Hitler, um, even to unto death. That uh, These are some bad Muppets. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> these guys are, are maniacs from the get-go. Um, and... Uh, even the SS undergoes a whole changeover that the guy that originally started the SS as Hitler's private bodyguard, he's he's purged. And the new guy that's in charge of the SS is Reichsfuhrer Himmler. Now, Himmler is probably the number two guy in Germany as far as badass. Um, I, I, yeah. That, Don't fuck with him pretty yeah, much. <laughs> Him, Himmler was the guy that really developed the whole... Um, uh, Holocaust that you know we're gonna we're gonna wipe out we're gonna wipe out six million people. Um, so Reichsfuhrer Himmler himself offers von Braun the rank of uh, Unststromführer, which is like a second lieutenant. So a, a low level. Daniel, did he get that right? Is that the right way to pronounce that? That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jump, jump, jump right in anytime I'm. Uh, Let's say yes. Not putting the umlaut in the right place like there on my just, German. We'll, we'll say yes, and we'll go. Jawohl, <laughs> <laughs> um, But he offers him a rank of a second lieutenant, and von Bjorn uh, goes to his immediate higher up and said, "You know, what am I going to do here? This guy's offering me this rank. I don't really want to, you know, to his." Uh, story later on i didn't really want it but i was told that you, you don't tell yeah, him or no, no thank you <laughs> rockets go boom boom up your ass <laughs> that's right and, and for timeline purposes, and your whole family yeah. besides timeline so. purposes what did hitler just do a year earlier invade uh, poland involved in poland yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's so, shit happening yeah, people it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the war is, the war is on the war is on there's, there's no doubt about that and he's he's invading countries left and right so wait did Werner accept the role well, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, and so his immediate uh, higher up said, uh, you don't say no to uh, Reichsfuhrer Himmler, that you say thank you very much. And then every year after that, there seemed to be another rank advancement. So he started out uh, as a second lieutenant, and then Himmler comes back to him uh, like a year later and offers him. He ends up at the end of the war that he's now a major within the SS. Is he, uh, you know, is he a practicing uh, headbuster? Well, that that again depends on who you want to uh, who you want to listen to, um, but he's he's promoted three times through the duration of the war by Himmler himself. So, 
Uh, again, you don't say no yeah, to him. Again, you can't, there's no HR. You can't go and refute it and get, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. roll right. over your 401k. Yeah, right, you right. do it or you don't. Exactly. How many exactly. times do we see that with comedy where it's a, you have a headliner that can come in and just start making demands and you're like, well, I don't want to cause an issue, so I'm just going to go with it. Or bookers, you're just like, ah, I, yeah. I know, I know. I'm just going to go in and keep, do my thing. Keep my head down. Do my time. Do my time. Do my time and get booked again, hopefully. Well, that's the problem with old Himmler, who's, you know, you don't say no to a guy who becomes a, a legitimate architect of the Holocaust. I mean, if Himmler was booking, I would probably that's go amazing. to his Himmler's comedy club. <laughs> how, how great was the, the Ricky Gervais line, You know Gervais it's going to be a packed too. house. He'll make sure that it's a packed house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus, guys. <laughs> Werner claims, by the way, he goes, he goes, oh, I only wore my SS uniform just in that one photo you guys have of me wearing it, which I thought was interesting. And then other scientists were like, that guy used to wear that shit around the office. Yeah, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, there was three photos of people at that time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, if you want chicks too, chicks dig uniforms. Yeah. That's just what it is. I, I have, uh, yeah, like I, you, me in a Navy uniform, all of a sudden there's a lot more attention than I'm used to. Take the Navy uniform off and then they just remember that you know, I have Picasso face. Yeah. But um, Werner, uh, he, he gets caught on a couple of these weird lies here where maybe you really can't prove him wrong, but it definitely doesn't match the story he's given. Claims all his promotions were done by mail, like you said, Dad. And uh, this V-2 rocket program is considered a military wonder, okay? Von Braun and his program prove it. They're bombing London, okay? They are able to, that's the Battle of Britain, that they're able to, to look, and there was, uh, the, the, the British are actually getting pummeled, and there's even a line, too, where what they do is they manipulate him, uh, they manipulate Hitler into going after civilians, because Hitler's fighting a relatively clean war in certain aspects, and then uh, when Dresden gets firebombed, that's when he responds by going full on crazy. And that's when almost the same thing happened in World War One with unrestricted submarine warfare when they started targeting civilian vessels. So there's a lot of craziness going on over here. But, we, you know, we don't we're not here to defend anybody either. But um, so interestingly enough, uh, Von Braun is uh, his program is indispensable. So even if he had a couple of lines where he was giving them a hard time every now and then about, uh, you know, maybe not really being an enthusiastic cheerleader of the Nazi party. Um, which, by the way, comes into play very quickly, too. Um, if uh, Von Braun and his program need people, but now you have a ground war going on here uh, that is forcing a, a worker's shortage, because pretty soon into the war, Hitler's about to betray one of his only allies, Russia, and try to invade Russia in what's known as uh, Operation uh, Barbarossa. Yeah, that was a big turning point, because uh, through uh, the early part of the, of the war, Hitler or Germany is aligned with uh, uh, the Soviets, with Russia, mm -hmm. Joe Stalin. So Joe Stalin and, and Adolf Hitler, they didn't really like one another, but they allied one another because when... Uh, I think mustache envy played a big yeah. role in that, too, if you look at the two of them. <laughs> there you go. When Germany started invading uh, some of these uh, surrounding countries to Germany, uh, they want to make sure that they're not going to have any resistance with the, with the Russians and you know have a repeat of what happened uh, during the first world war so they make an arrangement but then in 1941 hitler makes you know what a lot of historians believe is his biggest mistake is then to turn against joe stalin and turn against russia and he starts to invade russia i thought so, it was the shorts in that springtime video of him <laughs> <laughs> personally yeah. yeah well that was that was a, a fashion faux pas <laughs> But uh, now he's fighting. Uh, now Germany is trying to fight a war on two fronts. They're trying to fight the Russians on the eastern front, uh, the western front, and they're trying to fight the uh, the rest of the allies on the on the opposite side. So yeah, that was his big thing. And and 
things go bad, real bad, fighting against the Russians. No and one wants to huge, talk about this. Keep huh? going. No, no, no but there's a huge uh, a resource drain on that. Meanwhile, a lot of this Don't development stuff, a lot of this developing uh, technology is suffering because of that, because a lot of the manpower and a lot of the resources are going to fight the, the Soviets, to fight the Russians. And, um, you know, there's nobody back home. So at that particular point, the SS, Himmler especially, has a, uh, a turnaround. And then rather than um, killing all our prisoners, killing all the, the people, we're going to make them um, a workforce. We're going to turn it into a slave labor mm -hmm. camp type of thing. So we're going to make use of these, uh, of these prisoners, um, these, as they termed it, undesirables, as a slave labor force to help relieve some of the resources that um, they're, they're being stretched thin with. Yep. It is, uh, it, we're about to enter one of the worst people in humankind history is about to be the guy who comes up with this great idea too, by the way. But an important thing I want to make sure to mention is that Russia versus Germany is the, you've never seen numbers like that in terms of people getting dropped because no. uh, the Americans, the allies, yes, we took back Europe. We did D-Day, everything else like that. And it was a, a costly war and the Battle of the Bulge was really America whooping ass against the, you know, the Germans. But the real European theater, the bloodletting happened between Russia and Germany that you almost feel bad for the German troops when you read about what happened to them. Uh, as opposed to the Pacific theater where it's just America versus Japan, you know, uh, a, a total you know, fight between the two of them there. So uh, what are we going to do, Dad? You just said it. Um, we've got uh, got a guy by the name uh, of one of the... His, one of Hitler's top men and history's worst people of all time, Hans Kammler. All right. That just sounds like a villain name, right? <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like kind of like like the bitchy villain where it's like they kind of just kind of go with the flow and then also try to change sides mid in the movie. And then they're just like, fuck this. Uh, Han way. Hans Kammler was a bit of a true believer. Uh, mm. His idea, which uh, gets uh, signed off on by Arthur Rudolph, another future NASA scientist and current Nazi endorses this idea of let's get, um, by the way, Hans Kammler, creator of Auschwitz, the worst concentration camp. That's what he was responsible for. Um, and he also uh, has a couple other ones he's running. And what's Disney it? World of Concentration Camps. <laughs> oh, oh my God. It, Kammler, I can pull it back. This is like Kammler was the guy that was under Himmler. Himmler put Kammler in charge of the, of the concentration camp. So he's, He's a badass. Yeah. Um, so he, he's an evil, evil man, and he gets the idea. Why don't you just take some of these people? I got all these people in my concentration camp. Why don't they come work for you in a factory? Right. What do you think the factory setting is going to be like, Kahuna? Oh, it's pitch perfect, right? Like, <laughs> You're not going to go to human resources. When the air conditioner's dripping. <laughs> That's <it. laughs> Well, uh, Werner says that he's aware, that he at least was aware of the brutal treatment and the deaths at uh, a couple of these facilities, um, but he felt helpless to stop it. So uh, by 1944 now, okay, again, dates are important here. It is now undeniable that this shit that we now know about the Nazis is coming to light here. 37, 35, you want to pretend you don't know? That's fine because you, you probably didn't, right? 1944, a lot of people disappearing. Didn't, wasn't our food budget twice this last month? What's going on over here? And like, oh, oh, maybe we're exterminating an entire race of people. I don't know. I'm starting to, that scholarship has, it came with some shit down the road I really wasn't ready for. Um, but, but at the same time, just to play devil's advocate, like, what do you do at that point then when you're that deep? You, you can't that's the thing. speak up. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, you know. 
If I speak Hans, up, I'm I'm right there you? with him. Yeah, I'm breaking uh, I'm breaking rocks with you in a work camp tomorrow, or, or I'm I'm done. getting yeah. just brought into you a back room. You see what they're capable of at that point, right? Uh, Kamler, I'll say what Kamler's fate was too, because I wrote it down. I, I don't remember it exactly, but Himmler has a, a very terrible fate as well. Um, but uh, uh, Himmler, I believe, actually, and Himmler, Kamler, I understand the confusion there. Himmler winds up, uh, it's easier for him to take cyanide than to face what he winds up, the war crimes that he was going to be held up against. Um, now, this is, you want to know something brutal here. This is a, an exact quote. Uh, and in 44, like we said, it's undeniable what's going on now. Uh, Werner is, uh, he knows there's deaths occurring at a factory that uh, his rockets are being made at. Uh, and he would visit this one facility in uh, Mittelwerk, right? Uh, and we do have some listeners in Germany. Guys, help me out if I'm screwing up the pronunciation here. Also, fix me if anything's wrong about the history. We like that. Um, but uh, the conditions in the factory alone are so deplorable just for the workers that this is what the shit Werner's seeing. And now he's not really seeing people getting killed and tortured. Um, but the exact quote was, more people died building the V2s than were killed by them as weapons. Yeah. So these yeah. missiles, Kahuna, we just talked about, are not as deadly as the conditions of the fucking factory they're being made in. Well, the factory or the concentration camp, it's Mittelbau Dora uh, concentration camp where Correct. the prisoners were taken from to work in this factory that was producing these. Why did they pick that location? Because there was some test flights with the V1s and the V2s that the Allies found out where their launch sites were and they bombed, they bombed that into oblivion. So now they created this underground factory that they had these uh, slave labor from the concentration camps dig into these old salt mines and actually mm -hmm. created underground facilities yeah. that were you know bomb proof type facilities mm -hmm. so but you know the 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 human toll the the uh, lives lost in the construction of the facilities was astronomical your point is well taken that more were killed in the concentration camp and in the in the factory making the bombs and there were actually uh, deaths uh, against the allies yep. that the bombs created now one of the, the coolest caused. outfits keep going if you no, need no that's it oh i was gonna say one of the coolest outfits in uh world war ii is the french underground resistance so they got a couple of members that are in these camps now whether or not they're known to be spies or anything is probably uh, probably their covers are still intact but they're also being held captive in factories and uh concentration camps some of them report seeing uh, Werner von Braun order some of these prisoners whipped, right? There was also stuff where uh, uh, some of the, the, the Jewish prisoners were executed and hung by chains mm. in front of the place. There's a lot of bad shit going yeah. on here. Yeah, you, didn't, you couldn't um, plead ignorance uh, as nope. to what was going on. Well, not to interrupt you, but I think the numbers were astronomically larger inside the facilities than the, the people that died making these things were the numbers were way higher than people not, not yeah. even just higher but like as an astronomical difference in the amount that definition of brutality yeah. man yeah it couldn't get much worse numbers that i came up with that there was over sixty thousand prisoners in the uh, middle baldora concentration camp uh and it's estimated of course nobody has exact yeah. records but the estimate is twenty thousand people died yeah um within that facility so uh, that's that's a pretty tough uh, uh, mortality rate. Well, so there's all this bad shit going on. There's no way to plead ignorant anymore on this one, like you said, Chris. And uh, another French resistance member also, they gave him credit for this because supposedly uh, Himmler, again, it's tough to keep track of some of these these terrible uh, you know names and some of the, the bad people at the time. But Himmler had this idea where he wanted Kamler to get more involved. Now, Kamler, remember, is like pure evil. 
right? Hans. Uh, yeah, Hans Kamler. There's never been a good Hans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's weird. Gruber seems like almost a hero yeah, comparatively, yeah. right? <laughs> Diehard reference for you. Um, but as, we, uh, as we're learning about Kamler here, Kamler's the guy who's totally evil. And Himmler goes, hey, uh, Von Braun, why don't you get my buddy Kamler involved with your rocket program? And Werner von Braun's just like, oh, you know, we're really close to Saul. We got a good thing going. Yeah, the we same thing. got it going. We're good. Yeah. Uh, whenever you send out uh, like, hey, why don't I uh, uh, I don't want to use it as a I, I won't say the name. You know, the guy. But there's some people who have been like, hey, anytime you need me on your podcast, you let me know. I'm like, oh, yeah, we love, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to. I mean, so I never told the person no, but they've never been on. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what what von Braun's doing here. And a lot of that, too, is that he they there's this feeling um going on here that uh their v2 program is supposed to be getting these guys into space that these are kids that their their childhood dream from when they're 15 is to go into space and they're not getting rewarded for that they're, they're now using it to destroy other people uh hitler now has a war going on two fronts their friends are dying their sons are dying it's not really looking good there's a depression now hitting germany again did this guy get us in too deep uh, what's going on? Are we about to, you know, it, it, when when the, the dust settles here, is it going to be this guy nuking the entire world? Which, you know, again, that's not really a term just yet. But uh, or is this, you know, is Germany going to self-destruct? What's happening here? And there's something interesting that has uh, it goes on out loud. Um, there's also plots to kill Hitler from within the Germans, too. So, again, that whole idea of like once a Nazi, always a Nazi. Sometimes you got forced into being one yeah. and you tried to take your country that it's nuance and people don't like nuance anymore. That's what I found out. Um, uh, but you're right that at this point in the war, too, things are not going well for Germany. So there's a completely uh, there's a definite shift in the the attitude there that we're no longer going to be the greatest ever, that uh, we're getting our, our asses kicked on two fronts. Um, the V2s really started going hot and heavy after the Allies have already um, landed in Normandy. So, you know, things are on the downslide for Germany. Hitler was not all about rocketry early on. He was a firm believer of ground troops and the, the Air Force and that type of a thing. But he wasn't a big proponent of this whole rocketry program. But now that things are going south in uh, with the Russians and uh, with the Allies landing in, in Normandy, He's like, what's well, this saying, rocket tech? Yeah, we, 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 we still got rockets that maybe we ought to uh, look into that a little further. It's uh, not not like a, a last gasp resort type of a thing. But hey, if we got something that's going to kill people, let's let's, let's shoot exhaust it off. all everything yeah, we can right. do. Yeah. Let's shoot it off. Hitler, baby, let me talk to you for a second. Okay? <laughs> I got some. I know you're not into this, but let me tell you, you could kill a lot of infidels with Hitler, this. Booby, listen. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're actually doing great on time, oddly. So, and Daniel, if you need to jump out at any time, you say the word. If not, brother, I'm happy you're here, man. Um, so, so they're uh, basically in Normandy. They're in this backyard, and it is, they're in the they're they're close, right? The, and, and now everything's looking down a little. Everybody's getting a little skeptical about everything, right? They've already breached that to whole, the left of me. Yeah. Yeah. Russians to the right. Here I am, <laughs> stuck in the middle with you. And these V2s, while they're deadly, they're cr incredibly inaccurate from what I Yeah, read. that's it. I mean, they're firing them off. And See, Chris comes in with research, yeah, baby. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's, Higher tier of guests right, lately. Higher <laughs> tiers no, of guests. Here, yeah. There's no tracking systems yet. No right? tracking systems. They're just kind of launching them and where they land. Hope hopefully, the you know, right. like, fingers crossed. The just, just hope it don't let... Oh, no, go this way. Go that way. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. The two biggest cities that took the most destruction from the V2s was London and then Antwerp. 
um, because the Allies had already set up a major harbor in Antwerp to bring in men mm-hmm. and material and supplies and everything else to now go fight in Hitler's backyards. I mean, they're coming across France. They're coming across, you know, Belgium and Holland and, and retaking Europe. Um, and uh, Antwerp was their major uh, um, point of uh, entry into, into, uh, into Europe. Um, the the biggest death toll in one day was in Antwerp when one of these rockets fell on a movie theater that was full of people. So there was like over 600 people that wow. were killed in in one shot on, on that day because hey, you know, let's go let's go to the movies yeah, and movie, you have yeah. a V2 rocket fall through the ceiling. Um, Pretty but, shitty way to yeah yeah it's a shitty yeah, way for the movie yeah, to end. Yeah, we got your popcorn. It's a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think somebody was bitching about the price of soda on their way into that theater too. That's <laughs> but the point that you know more people died in the manufacture of these rockets than actually were killed by the them as so a weapon. So quick backtrack point too. I don't know if you have any info, but what I, I'm curious because I think Hitler renamed it was the aggregate rocket, uh, aggregate one or yeah, aggregate yeah, two, yeah. and I he think. named it. He renamed it to the V2 because he wanted a scarier sounding name. To which that point, uh, there's the vengeance. Yeah, the vengeance, uh, von. Should uh, Werner should have just been like, oh, this is this is a weird, you know, the, you know, going yeah, back a little take. bit. Wait, yeah. are you, what are you thinking? You right want now? it to be scarier? <laughs> this to is go the, to outer space. Okay. Hey Hitler, this is our A two rocket. It's, I mean, it's pretty powerful. Uh, we're gonna. It's not called the A two anymore. It's called the V two for the vengeance. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Maybe just, right. oh, it's a little aggressive, Hitler, oh, but you know, right, whatever right. you want to do. Well, it's like uh, like Suge Knight too. He goes, it's called Murder Inc. Yeah. A- <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sure, sure. Like a- uh, it's a music <laughs> label. Are you sure? Yeah, Murder Inc. Yeah. Here's you want us to do what? Easy E. Here's your band <laughs> you know, and he was that, that point is taken that, uh, you know, Hitler was all about the uh, the psychological aspect, too. I mean, uh, earlier in the war, they had the buzz bombs that you could hear these freaking things coming at you and not knowing where they were going to land. Wow. The, the whole psychological ploy If you're hearing that buzz bomb. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> bend over and kiss it. That's it. That's Pretty it. Much. Uh, my, my grandfather was saying too a lot of the ordinance and stuff like that, too, uh, in these factories where stuff's getting made. Uh, a huge credit to the Polish community is that they would purposefully leave out certain parts of some of the ordinance so that that was why there was quote unquote purposely. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, that's what somebody said that that was the, the running joke with the Polish was that they, the Germans called them stupid. But the, the Polish were like, no, no, we're sabotaging you. You're yeah. you're actually right, right. you guys just don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> you're going to drop a bomb that's not going to explode. It's because I I risked under penalty of death, yeah. not putting in the prior. The, Grandpa the Marty would have been a dead man. I was going to say, that's yeah. like uh, that's Doc right. Brown with empty pinball casings in the uh, <laughs> Libyan bombs there. <laughs> uh, well, Marty, but they found me. We do love a good- well, you uh, did st- give him pinball machine sorry. parts. No, shut up, I'll no, shut up. No, 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 dude. The, the pop culture references is what keeps the show to you. So I'm going to, uh, I want to jump into something else real quickly. Movie, pop before, you, before you move, I was actually curious okay. because I was- uh, because you know that sound when you hear a bomb drop, and then it was these rockets were known for that too. Mm-hmm. They had a very short and sharp whistle that you would hear right before. Yeah, that's where the signature sound yeah. comes from. Is these rockets? Now, if you're that's a horrifying. wrestling fan like I am, you just assume that's the Dudley Boys theme music. That they're coming <laughs> yeah. from. It was not. Or a comedian like us, you just assume that's the sound of the room. <laughs> is this thing on? Um, now, unfortunately, this is where you want to talk about uh, where this is one part. Of, if, if there was a, a section of his argument that he wasn't really an enthusiastic Nazi supporter, here's a bulletproof argument. Werner and his colleagues are lamenting out loud one night at a beer hall um, that uh, 
Germany doesn't seem like the war is going well, and we're supposed to be working on trying to reach the other planets. And meanwhile, we're destroying, we're at war with everyone else on our own planet. This shit's not really going well. And there's a depression, there's a malaise going on. And uh, this is unfortunately for them overheard by a female SS dentist. Hmm. Dan, do you like going to the dentist? No. <laughs> I think we can prove this podcast that there is, you can't trust dentists. That's the bottom line here, all right? And this SS female dentist reports them to the Gestapo, right? Gestapo, for those who don't know, secret police. So Also part of the SS. Yeah, with their, their fashionable high boots. She's just coming to get you. <laughs> um, Werner uh, is detained and imprisoned by the SS. Forget a load of this one. You want to talk about like suspension of habeas corpus and stuff like that? He is arrested for two weeks and detained and is never made aware of what his initial charges were. So he's like, shit, did I say something? What tweet is about to get me canceled here by Hitler? (laughs) Hope he got his teeth finished cleaned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But unfortunately, uh, Hitler is angered by these uh, reports of, uh, because the idea that they start hearing like, oh, Werner's actually a communist. He's a communist sympathizer and stuff like that. And he goes, listen, it doesn't matter what Werner did. This V2 program is too valuable to us. We can't lose him. So we're going to uh, you know, keep him detained for a little while, make sure he knows that he's got to work for us still, but he's currently invaluable. So that's your get out of jail free card. So now we get to the meat of uh, this little section of loserdom here because uh, you just said something earlier about switching sides, Kahuna. Well, that shit's about to happen. Uh, so okay. um, after his release and upon hearing the news that the allies are approaching, uh, where his workstation is in, you want to try saying it, Dad? No. <laughs> well, we do. People think we're smart. We just don't talk about shit we don't know. So, Pinamundi is what I'm going to call it. That sounds good. All right. There you go. Which is where he's at. The Allies are approaching him there. So now Werner and his brother have a decision to make. Do we surrender to the Soviets, mm-hmm. who are absolutely brutalizing the Germans because this is like a war of like, you betrayed us and we're gonna draw, like literally battalions, German battalions are disappearing overnight in some of this fighting on the Eastern Front. So, um, yeah, or, and, and as as the uh, Soviets, as the Russians are getting closer and closer, they're just wiping out civilians, army, whatever. I mean, they're, they're just uh, brutalizing the countryside, so. Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's a no mercy kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. And you know the resolve of the, the Red Army because they were leading assaults with uh, one rifle for every third man, for every three men rather, so that when that when a guy with a rifle died, the guy behind him picked the rifle up. So there's no shortage of manpower there mm. and there's a little anger built up. So do you want to uh, you know try to hand yourself over to them who might you might just wind up in one of those same concentration camps you pretended not to see that uh-huh. the Germans were doing? Or do you want to take your chance on surrendering to the Americans who are nice, happy, shiny people and uh, who have a big German population back home? Uh, Love the schnitzel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. German beer is the best beer. Um, Through some very daring missions and forging of documents, uh, Werner and his brother and nearly 500 members of their staff and other scientists are able to now surrender to the Americans. Uh, And I thought this was interesting. Do you want to tell the story of the, the private, the army private? Dad, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, I think that was uh, uh, a really big thing with with Werner, uh, Werner that uh, he, like you said, he gathers up 500 people. Five, his brother being one of them, staff and scientists, and every all of the uh, his close associates, if you will, on this whole uh, V2 project, and forges documents and actually gets them on a train and goes across Germany to southern Germany. So they're out of uh, uh, the area that where the Russians might be 
capturing them and taking them more to towards an American sector where the Americans are fighting. Um, and then uh, his brother uh, is given the charge to go out and find some Americans that we can surrender to. <laughs> and his brother goes out and finds this uh, U.S. Army private. I think he was riding a bicycle or something at the time. Dude, just picture that one for a second. <laughs> yeah. um, You're just tooling wrong on your two-wheeler. It's beach cruisers. You would <laughs> yeah. say beach cruiser. Guys. There you go. <laughs> it, so a German guy wheels up to you on a bicycle and goes, uh, this is, I think, the quote here. Uh, uh, his brother's name, by the way, Magnus, which yeah. is just a funny name to begin with. So, like I'm putting together a team. Yeah, it's <laughs> very close, man. Very close. So um, I, I'm, I might be wrong here. Dan, you have a brother, right? Yeah. Okay. So imagine um, your, your brother tells you, hey, listen, we need to go surrender to the Americans. And he sends you out on a bicycle. Right to go surrender to a guy with a gun. He looks like he's focused, ready <laughs> yeah, to answer his question. He too. is. He is. And, and the guy walks up, and uh, this is what he tells the, the private. He goes, uh, "My brother has created a V two missile, and we want to surrender to you." My brother. And Magnus. And now you throw a beer keg over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're a private in the U.S. Army, and you're sitting there like, "Did I just, did I just get the top scientist in Germany to surrender to me?" From a bicycle? <laughs> Guys, I'm crushing. <laughs> this is that promotion written all over. Just think of what I could do if I put my socks on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out U.S. intelligence had a blacklist that they had acquired of German scientists and engineers that they were hoping to acquire. That they're like, let's coerce them. Let's get them to work with us because it's already becoming clear that the Russians can't be trusted. All right, a lot of shit going on here. If you are a Patreon member, you know about a little thing going on with the Rosenbergs. You know, maybe some maybe a Manhattan project or two is getting screwed around with. But uh, in May of 1945, Werner has now successfully surrendered to the Americans and speaks to the press saying the following. Uh, we knew that we had created a new means of warfare. And the question as to what nation, to what victorious nation, you know, he's, mm -hmm. he's so lawyerly Hang here with this stuff, man, you know. Um, were we willing to entrust this brainchild of ours to, it would be a moral decision more than anything else. We wanted to see the world spared another conflict, just as Germany had just been through. And we felt that only by surrendering such a weapon to people who are guided not by the laws of materialism, but by Christianity and humanity, could such an assurance to the world be best secured. So it's a, well, I mean, we... You know, baby, you know, I mean, I got this other woman I'm seeing, but she ain't like you, yeah. all right? She's not like you. She, you, you, Werner Braun, kiss ass. <laughs> Hail hamburgers. Hail McDonald's. It's the yeah. truth. Americano. Babe. Peace and love. Yeah. <laughs> we got about 10 minutes left on this bad boy, I think, LP. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you it was something. just that, uh, you know, that he was going to uh, surrender to the Americans, but obviously he didn't want to take that to the, uh, to the Russians, to the Soviets. Uh, it was, they knew things were, Germany was not going to come out of this victorious. Yeah. Things were going south all over the place for, for Germany. So it was, a, uh, what's, the, what's the best deal to do here? Your, your heart is no longer in it. Your, your, your love was really to get into space with a rocket not to be making bombs, mm -hmm. uh, whether he was forced to do that or not, or by circumstance or whatever. So, I mean, he's gonna take it to, who's the next, who's the best guy to surrender to? Opportunist. If, yeah, if I've got, if I got some, some intel in my head, uh, who am I going to take it to? Am I going to take it to the Soviets who are slaughtering people, or am right. I going to take it to the Americans and who you might get a, I didn't an think equal of, shot? 
I didn't think of this till just now, LP, but we're going to ask Daniel again. You're no pressure, brother. All right. You're not, there's no wrong answer to this. OK, um, but uh, are you a Nazi supporter? No. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got to go one for you. If you're a brilliant German guy, OK, you're a brilliant German guy and you're about to surrender. Uh, you have a choice. There's a very famous German guy that also left your country. That's a brilliant dude that's working on projects for the United States. Any idea who Albert Einstein? Yeah, yeah, baby. See, D Money is in the house right now, guys. He took care of that Take one for us. Absolutely, yeah. for Absolutely. Um, so if Einstein could do it. I could do it. Well. So why wouldn't you take your shot over there? It seemed to have worked out for the other most brilliant mind in your country. There's a lot of brilliant minds, and and that was one of the things too that as the war is going bad for Germany, and the Allies are are cutting into their territory, if you will, and there's already the game is or the plans are already being made as to how we're going to divide this whole thing up and you know this blacklist that you spoke of there's there's people in germany that we want to make sure that they're not going to be ending up on the russian side of town that's the whole thing well the russians are the same way too it was like a draft list that they both had they're 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 going after the same thing as a matter of fact the uh the russians uh actually came into certain parts of germany and forced people by under arms they they uh, how do you want to transported or relocated <laughs> 6,000 yeah. 6, uh, German scientists and, and, you know, brilliant minds, if you will, uh, that, hey, guess what? You're going to we're going to take you. We're going to relocate you back in uh, where it's safe back in Russia. <laughs> and so they weren't yeah. allowed to leave. So yeah. call it what you will. Now, but. again, we are to quote Neil Young. I'm going to borrow a Neil Young line here. We are the kinder, gentler machine gun hand. Okay, so now we bring these. There's a whole operation known as Operation Paperclip, which we're not going to go super crazy into a lot of conspiracy theories with that stuff. But we wind up bringing over all of these Nazis, literal card carrying members in the Nazi party, who most of them are either able to uh, at least have plausible deniability. Okay, so this is where the legal starts to come in. But uh, we get him over there. And where would where else would you want to go, by the way? Uh, you can disappear into Russia, where, as my father just stated, we you might not be getting out of there. Right, ever. disappear is a good, uh, good You might way not even get a chance that. to really work at it. It might just be that your mind being uh, uh, emptied with a gun is uh, better than you know you potentially uh, corroborating something against us. Um, but they wind up over in America now, and uh, von Braun uh, as Cahoon is pulling up some of the wildest pictures. I mean, this shit's unreal. This is space age shit yeah. that we're talking about. Literally space age. So. The whole deal is this. Does it look bad that the United States is almost forgiving Nazi potential war criminals uh, and bringing them into the United States and hiding some of their backgrounds and some of their involvement in this thing called Operation Paperclip and then maybe whitewashing some of their history? That's not a good look. But what's more terrifying, the idea that Russia is who's already has spies in our country. Sorry, Oliver Stone. I watched your bullshit documentary. (laughs) You're a liar. but I it's still great filmmaker, but whatever. The Rosenbergs were doing some shit, man. Well, that's it, a little later on, but yeah, go ahead. But but there's stuff, it's happening. Uh, uh, Alger Hiss, all this other stuff's going on. So we're nervous about all that. Um, so what's going to be more important? That we take take an ugly loss here with Operation Paperclip and bring in some unsavory characters. They're going to work towards a greater good. You know, it, it gets very complicated, right? However, let's uh, we're wrapping up here. Um, Warner is absolutely vital to American rocketry. And later to uh, our own space program, it, which, oh, you know, you guys know what we wind up calling it, right? Mm-hmm. NASA. It's a, wasn't that guy, uh, wasn't that guy uh, uh, in, a Nazi? No, no, he was a NASA. 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 <laughs> I could have sworn you said not NASA, NASA damn it. Get it right. 
<laughs> oh man! Oh, he's got see rocking a, a good looking beard right there. Actually, he looks uh, like a groomed. Guy or... It's a <laughs> 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 we have a guest. I don't know if I want to announce him yet. It's exciting though. He's here. Um, he also actually kind of looks just like him in this picture. Yeah, really, that's the same that's beard. A, oh crap! Wait a minute! <laughs> wait a minute! <laughs> um, but as we're wrapping up here, Shirley, are you, are you hanging out for a minute or what? All right, cool. Thank you very much. Um, I, I, Mike Zapsik's in the building. He's the boss. He's making his rounds here. But uh, in the house, we're going to harass him in a second. And the live right studio audience you. goes crazy. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. More? You know it. <laughs> well, you didn't take the old ones. Um, <laughs> yeah, but at the conclusion of the war, as the war was winding down, too, there was a, a big fear that not only were these brilliant minds possibly going to go to Russia, who were going to be fighting them later on. Or are they going to do a skedaddle and end up in Argentina and we're only going to have to fight them you know, yeah. later on with whatever they cook up in some foreign country other than Germany or Russia? So, I mean, it was more than just and, – and, and Britain was all, one of our allies, but at the same time, they were looking for – for intel. So, I mean, the Germans had some brilliant minds. There's no doubt about it. That whole V1 thing was a jet engine. Uh, we didn't have anything like mm -hmm. that. So, you know, if they're throwing stuff at us with technologies that we haven't even gotten on the drawing boards yet, uh, we want to make sure that we come away with you the, get your with hands the right a little people. dirty yeah. in the yeah. idea that you get well, to, we'll, to see tomorrow. We'll bend some of the rules to make sure that yeah. these guys come in on our side. Yankees picked up Wade Boggs or Roger Clemens for a reason, man. <laughs> There you go. That's right. There it, you we, go. we signed a rod so that they couldn't. Yeah, literally, exactly. That was literally, ugh, unbelievable. A perfect example. Um, so here's a, an interesting thing here. Um, just as we're wrapping up, as I said, uh, Germans are a large populace in the United States. They get a backstory on this. One of the most common when the engineers are getting questioned by the press, because again, you're getting a ton of press surrounding everything. We covered uh, Gus Grissom, the astronaut that got blown up during a test uh, mission for NASA. That he was already speaking to the press, and they started asking questions like, "Wow, a lot of." A lot of German names on here. Uh, the most common thing was these Germans would say when they were asked about their sympathies to the Nazi party, they would say, well, we were forced to do it. Um, and anyone who was uh, enraged at the idea that they were working with the former Nazis would then say that the press would sit there and say, well, I mean, at least they're not commies. All right. We've shifted. We're not mad at the Nazis yeah. anymore. <laughs> Super angry at commies. Um, but with the post-World War uh, stage is now set. Um, you got a space race going on. Werner's vital for us. All right. Experts have claimed and gone on record saying that we may have never reached orbit, let alone the moon, without Werner's help and expertise. And his backstory has a couple issues, though, Dad. Um, Werner, uh, early on in his NASA career, as we're starting to get into space, he starts getting these uh, pestering messages saying, hey, can you show up? Uh, we got these things going on at Nuremberg uh, and we're doing these trials for these Nazi concentration camp commandants. We want you to show up and be a witness against them, you know, since you saw all that shit. And Werner's like, ah, I mean, I'm just a scientist. It's, uh, you right. know. <laughs> so it's not my job. It gets very uncomfortable. Above my here. pay grade. Yeah. yeah. He winds up having to go back over there, though. Uh, comes back with a wife. Um, weird thing that happens on Loser a lot. These dudes keep marrying their cousins. <laughs> It's unintended. We're not, you know. <laughs> I think that goes back to possibly the whole Baron thing that, uh, you know, that yeah, you got to marry within your social standing type of a thing. So what better than your own kin, right? <laughs> so. Well, true there. Now, like all Nazis, too, he later becomes a devout Christian, marries a local German girl that he brings to America, raises a quiet family down in the Cocoa Beach area, has an observatory named after him in Alabama down near the, the Mobile Coast, which is also part of the space program. Um, also appears in, uh, hangs out with one of your buddies, Kahuna. 
All right. He appears in not one, not two, but three educational films on space produced by Walt Disney. Mr. Walt Disney. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And he's, he's credited for really turning the whole American public, uh, their idea about this whole space. It, by now, we're, we're, the war's over. We're in the United States. It's in the 50s, and this whole space race is starting to, to heat up. We're definitely in competition with the Soviets. And on uh, actually the first episode of uh, Walt Disney's Tomorrowland TV series was in 1955. And uh, Warner Von Braun is uh, one of the first appearances in uh, this TV thing now. For somebody who grew up in the fifties, you know, Walt Disney on Sunday night—that was that was it. I mean, yeah. you you were watching that um, stunning animation. So there's a, a tip of the hat to uh, Kahuna too with the whole animation right. thing, and they, they had three different uh, TV films on, on space exploration just to try to get the American public involved with this whole thing. That uh, you know, we're going to send awareness and get them on board. Yeah, we're going to send somebody to the moon, and we're going going into space and interplanetary travel and all this kind of stuff. So uh, he actually became the, the face of, uh, of NASA kind of a thing. He was uh, the, the talking head for yeah. NASA. Another man with a, a crater on the moon named after him, mm -hmm. right? He also has a street in Staten Island, still to this day named after him. Big German population in Staten Island. Um, as we're wrapping up here, well, as always, we have to end by killing the guy. So um, before we throw to you for a casting couch, Kahuna, uh, know that uh, he dies at age 65 of severe pancreatic cancer, okay? And he actually dies years before the press really finds out everything about him. So uh, he's got a complicated legacy while he's alive, and then once he's dead, and once we got everything we wanted out of him, then it became he became a running punchline, if you will, on a lot of the late-night shows and stuff like that. Really? So, yeah, it's, uh, there was a, a Tim Lehrer song uh, that was pretty funny about him that I sent to my father. But uh, again, a man of brilliance in his field and his legacy is unquestionably tarnished by his own misdoings and terrible affiliations. We still to this day don't know the extent of his actual crimes, but uh, he was friendly with some of the worst people mankind has to offer. And there's this weird contrast with him between the pure evil of the concentration camps and the unreal image of human hope with us sending a rocket into the heavens to leave Earth to explore something else. That's the absolute juxtaposition of the best and worst mankind has to offer. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm ready to wrap up unless you guys have any other quick nuggets on the way out. Well, he also did become an American citizen. Oh, yeah. Let's not leave that part out. Uh, no, that, uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if he had a, a, a turning point in his life, I would say that was probably at the time, uh, at the close of the Second World War, when he did come in with the Americans. When he first came to the United States under, you know, doctored up records or whatever, um, the first four years he was stationed in, uh, in Texas and a lot of these other brainy scientists were there and they couldn't believe that the Americans were paying such a pittance to their research that, you know, in Germany, mm -hmm. they, everybody was like, yeah, go for it. If you're going to find a way to kill people, yeah, <laughs> yeah. go for it. But, and now they go with the Americans and uh, they were really quite uh, amazed at how little financial support they were uh, um, receiving for this whole uh, space and rocketry exploration. But, uh, this is the part where you tell me that he resided in Long Branch for the rest of his yeah. life. <laughs> no, no. Our, our only real Jersey connection with that one was uh, um, going to be through Buzz Aldrin. That yeah. was our only sneaking on that one. Kuna, mm -hmm. think of the casting couch before we go to plugs on the way out. Go for it. Uh, well, I was thinking about, and this is this guy only popped into my mind just because I was watching the, the Mandalorian documentary the uh, past couple of days, but uh, Taika Waititi comes to mind. 
Interesting. Think, I think he could do it pretty well. I thought well. you were going to say Bill Burr. Ah, four five bro, That's the worst. I'd, if it was a drunk history <laughs> episode. We're a fucking rocket. <laughs> if it was a drunk history episode, I'd be okay with that. I like that one, man. That's uh, that's interesting there. We're going to wrap up. Chris J., where can people find you, man? You're a great Everything guest. Thanks is, for coming in. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It was awesome. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, everything is at Chris J Comedy, C H R I S J Comedy. Uh, check me out. Follow me on social media because a lot of people left me after uh, I tried to be funny on pandemic jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Super funny comic and uh, on tour with, uh, uh, you know, obviously uh, the Impractical Jokers. And then uh, just check out your other tour dates, man. Great comic. Always fun hanging thank with you, you, brother. Fun times. LP, thank you for everything. If you guys want to support the show, every Tuesday we're putting out a free one at uh, KP Burke Sucks on Instagram, KP Burke over on Facebook. The American Loser Facebook page is up, the American Loser Instagram page is up. For just $5, you want to donate a $5, it's a large coffee over at Dunkin' Donuts. We'll give you a Patreon-free episode. All right, uh, this next one that's coming up, you're not too late to sign up for it. It's going to be about Senator Joe McCarthy. That one's going to be an absolute banger. We did the Rosenbergs last month, and I just want to say thank you to everybody who supports the show, does anything for us. Guys, that being said, that was Werner Von Braun, American Loser. the day I was born.